Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, we're back in the 23rd Psalm, and the 23rd Psalm is really a summary of who God is. Now, the timing of this writing is David is now a king. He's in the palace. He has servants. He's got the army at his beck and call. Uh, If he wants food, he just snaps his fingers and it comes. But he's able to reminisce now about all that God had done for him. Remember, David was a shepherd himself. He tended the father's sheep. And David was one who had... Well, met God in the darkest time of his life. Remember, he kills the lion and the bear with his bare hands, and God gave him supernatural strength. And then he meets Goliath, the Philistine. Everyone was afraid of Goliath, but God had supernaturally empowered David. The five smooth stones, you remember the story? And the slingshot right between the eyes. And so now he's reminiscing about who this God is, his shepherd It's a dedication from his heart to God, and it's a declaration for us to really lean into. You won't find a prayer in Psalm 23. You won't find a petition. He's not asking God for anything. He's just telling God how great he is and how powerful he is. In the first three verses, the Lord is referred to in the third person. He says, he makes me lie down. He restores my soul. He leads me. And then very abruptly, as he goes to the valley of the shadow of death, it changes from he to first person you. It's not just an essay now. It's an intimate response to who God is. And because you are with me, I love this, I will fear no evil. So let's look at Psalm 23. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app or online, if you're watching, the words will appear on the screen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my, what is it? Soul, yeah. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shout of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. It's your presence in the darkness. He's not saying, I love the valley. I love the darkness. I love the shadow of death. But he's saying in the middle of it all, I'm okay because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We saw last week that this word prepare means repeatedly and consistently. God provides a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We also learned last week that the enemies were those that had been defeated. And so the leaders of the army could be in a tent. They could have this banquet table in front of them. And it was customary that the enemy that lost the battle would be paraded in front of the tent. And here they were feasting with cheese and meat and grapes and figs and drinking the fruit of the vine, right? And they're looking out and they see the enemy marching back and forward. And they go, God, thank you for the victory. And so God does that for us. He's purchased the victory for us ahead of time. And he says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then today's line, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I love this phrase. He says, even though, even though, And my prayer has been for you and for myself and for my family that we would be even though people, 
Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not fear. Even though we go through a difficult season, we know that God is with us. Even though we get depleted, we know God restores us. Even though things may not be to our liking, we know God is the God of love and the God of grace. And as Jair said this morning, we worship God because he's worthy of our praise, not because we're having a good day. We worship God because he's worthy of our praise. And we worship God because he's with us. So we do not fear. Psalm 23, 6, let me highlight it again. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some versions have goodness and loving kindness will follow me. For all of our days, listen to this, dear ones, for all of our days, he will not abandon us. That is the best news I could declare today. Surely salvation is with us. Psalm 85, 9, it's near to those who fear. Psalm 91, 3, surely he will deliver you. Psalm 112, verse 6, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Now, I went to Wikipedia because that's where you go to find out what words mean, right? And it said, surely means surely. I'm glad I took the time to do that. But it also said this, synonyms, assuredly, certainly, definitely, doubtless, easily, hands down, inarguably, indisputably, undeniably, undoubtedly, unquestionably, clearly, plainly, really, and truly. And when I look at all those words, I thought, God, that's you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So here's your part right now. Are you ready? I want you to declare this phrase. I want you to declare it over your life. I want you to declare it over situations that are right in front of you. I want you to declare it over relationships. I want you to declare it over your kids and grandkids if you have those. And here's the declaration. And those online, you can declare it right where you are. And you can also leave a comment in the chat section. And here's the declaration. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why don't you say it with me? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Let's say it again. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, if you're down or discouraged, I want to give you this. Here's the Pastor B's prescription, okay? Get ready for it. Here it is. Wake up in the morning and declare it. God, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow my kids and my grandkids. Surely goodness and mercy will follow my future and my finances. Surely goodness and mercy will be upon our church. As Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. He will protect me. Surely in Christ, I have a place reserved in heaven for me. My name is written. That we sang this morning. That's our testimony. Our name's written in heaven. Surely God is faithful. And as Jire wrote that song, I sing it all the time, Jire. And his plans are always good. Surely goodness and mercy. Let's say it again. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Ephesians 1, 3 reminds us, the Apostle Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this line. I love this line. Who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. When I look at that word blessed, I look at the fact that it's already been done. It's purchased for us in Christ. The New Living Version says, let us honor and thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has already given us a taste of what heaven is like. So goodness and mercy, who are they? They're God's sheepdogs. 
The shepherd's out front. Remember 200 references in the Bible that we're called sheep? The shepherd's out front leading us. And he's got these two sheep dog, one on each side. Now, goodness, goodness alone isn't good because we're sinners. So we need mercy and mercy alone isn't good because we're fragile and we need God's goodness. So he's good and he's merciful. He provides and he forgives. He gives us grace and he gives us mercy. Think of the last time you experienced the goodness of God. Think of the last time you know that God came through for you. And the first thing you would say is, Lord, I don't deserve it. And speaking of deserve, mercy keeps what we do deserve away from us. Grace gives us that unmerited favor, that undeserved provision. But mercy keeps at bay everything that should be ours because of the decisions that we've made in our lives. The sheepdogs, I mean, they're beautiful. And the sheepdog, they're capable. And sometimes people think, well, you know, God's way out there ahead of us, leading us, because he's so big, he's, he's out there. He's the God of the universe. He's way out there, 50, 100, 200 yards ahead of us. That's not true. God is right with us. He's never so far as to be near. He, he's, he's right with us. But on our side, we have goodness and mercy. And if we get out of line, the dogs of goodness and mercy start nipping at our heels and say, you better, you better get back in line. If we start being bad, not good, if we stop being merciful to other people, if we stop the mercy of God flowing to us, if we listen to the lies that people say, if we listen to the lies of the devil, if we listen to the lies that we tell ourselves, pretty soon God's goodness and mercy dogs start barking at us. You get back in line. You get back in line. Why? Because the line of following God is always a good line. You will never make a mistake when you make a choice to follow God. And my soul, as the psalmist said, follows hard after thee, O God. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. You know, that word goodness is used over 550 times in the Bible. And every time it is connected to the character of God, that God is good. Now, you and I were born into sin. You and I were born into fallen, broken humanity. And so we put on goodness. We put on righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. But God doesn't have to try to be good. He is good. If you could cut God's heart open, you would find mercy and grace and goodness and power. God is always good. And I know we say it. God is good all the time. God is good. He's always good. We say that until we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or until something bad happens to us or until the prognosis is bad or until a friend unfriends us. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe he's not that good. Listen, God is always good no matter what comes our way. He doesn't have to try to be good. He just is good. He doesn't have to try to be great. He just is great. And then the other sheepdog is that sheepdog of mercy. The Hebrew word is chesed, chesed. It means the ultimate blessing of God. The closest New Testament word we would have would be agape or zoe, the love that God is. It's the chesed love. It's because of relationship. It's an unfailing love. It's a loyal love. It's a devotion. It's a kindness. And we have these two divine escorts that God sent to us, goodness and, and mercy, and we're not alone. See, I'm convinced that one of the reasons the prodigal son came to his senses, remember him? 
and he finally returned home was because the kind of father he had. There is a, there is a love that's so deep. There's no stronger magnet than the magnet of love when love calls people to God. Love has drawn back more wanderers and softened more hearts and turned back more backsliders than anything it, anything else. It is fitting then that you and I are followed all the days of our life by the goodness and the covenantal promise and love of, of the merciful God that is with us. I love what Psalm 136, 1 says. It has both goodness and mercy in it. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever and ever. God's goodness will provide and protect you. God's mercy or unfailing love will pardon and forgive you. And dear ones, don't ever forget how good it feels to be forgiven. Don't ever forget how wonderful it is to have God's grace wrapped around you through Jesus Christ, the son and the resurrection power of Christ to dwell inside your mortal body. God's goodness will supply for you. God's mercy will soothe you. God's goodness will help you. God's mercy will heal you. God's mercy will, will right every wrong. God's goodness and love will put your broken heart back together. Man, if I was a preacher, I would camp here for a while because God's goodness is really good. And somebody said, well, that's simplistic. No, it's actually deep because we don't deserve any of this. And yet God says, I choose to love you with an everlasting love. And then he says, goodness and mercy will follow us. How long? All the days of our life. It's not just blessing when we get through with life. It's blessing all through life. And sometimes people say, well, they come to the end of their life, they're going to have a, a eulogy, elogio, which means to speak well of someone. But there's not just blessing when you get through with life, there's blessing all through our lives. And that's why David earlier said he prepares a table before me repeatedly and consistently. David was sure that the Lord's goodness and mercy had seen him through some of the roughest times in his life. Remember when he went through the darkest valley, when Saul was on his tail trying to kill him and he was hanging out in dark caves. Remember when he walked away from the Lord and sinned? You know the story of Bathsheba, had her husband killed, had a child by her. I mean, the story goes on and on and on. And what did David do? He's now writing about the mercy of God. He lived and experienced it, that God was with him through all of it. Don't allow pessimism to rule. Here's what I find, especially this last year. People are quick to be critical, quick to be cynical, and quick to be pessimistic. And somebody said to me not too long ago, Pastor, you tell us to be hopeful. I don't know if I can do it. And I said, you need a renewed hope. That's what we're going to talk about on Easter and we need to have a sense of optimism, not because it's hype, but because it's rooted in the fact that God is our shepherd. We don't want any other shepherd. It's rooted in the fact that God is good and his goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. So how do we make application to this message? We need to look for and listen for goodness and mercy. If there are two dogs, sheep dogs that are barking at our heels, nipping at our heels, telling us to get back in line, we need to listen for those sheep dogs and we need to hear them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, they're not literal dogs. You get that. You're smart. 
But God is barking at us. God wants us to stay in goodness and mercy. God wants us to stay in that lane because that's where we belong. And that's where life works best. Where is God's goodness and mercy at work in your life? We say it a lot around here, and it bears repeating. Look for the presence of God and not his absence. Where is he working in your family? Where is he working in your friends? Where is he working in those that you're trying to lead and win to Christ? Where is God working? Goodness and mercy. Oh, by the way, that should be a part of our lives. Our character should be more goodness and our character should be more merciful. Jesus had even said it, didn't he? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Where are you receiving his mercy? And where are you giving it back out? Where are you not keeping score and not holding grudges? Where's the goodness of God at work in your life? How are you being good towards others? I mean, I know that's a challenge. But I believe this psalm dictates that we're challenged by who God is and that we live the very things that he's given us. Remember, we saw it a couple of weeks ago that we've been comforted so we can comfort others. We've been reconciled so we can have a ministry of reconciliation. Our promise, because God has said that his goodness and his unfailing love is pursuing our lives every day. I sure love that. He's in hot pursuit of us. And whenever we step ahead or wherever we lag behind or ever we get out of our lane, God comes and puts us back in. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Can I indulge you to just say it again in your cars across the street right here and on lane? Let's just say it again. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, I want you to think about somebody right now. I just, I want you to think about somebody. Maybe you close your eyes and you see their face. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a son, a daughter. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's an employee. Just think about them for a moment. And what if we were bold enough to, to declare over their lives, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. That's a blessing. It's a blessing from the 23rd Psalm, and I believe it's a blessing that God allows us to declare over their lives. Just declare it over any situation right now in your life. Just declare it over any person in your life. Just declare it over fear. Declare it over a loss of hope. Surely goodness and mercy, Lord, will follow me all the days of my life. Will follow them, Lord. And like sheepdog, will bark at the situation and the problem. Surely goodness and mercy. We welcome it into our lives. The goodness and the mercy of the Lord. Because you are my shepherd, God, I commit my needs to you. You provide for me beyond what I could imagine or think. And you provide green pastures for me to lie in. Lead me beside still waters, waters that I could never find on my own. For you restore my soul when I'm empty. Nothing else can do that. No one else can do that. You lead me in paths, paths that are right for your namesake. And you're with me in danger and in the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, I will not fear and I choose to live an even though life 
Even though it looks bad, even though it looks bleak, I choose to live without fear because you are with me and you deliver me from evil. Give me the courage to stand with you as you protect me with your rod and your staff. Prepare a table to feed me. Time for me to be alone with you as you call and as you nudge me into your presence. I will come, Lord. Anoint me with the oil of your healing. Let me drink from the full cup of your provision. And thank you, God, for your sheepdogs named Goodness and Mercy and that they will always follow me and I will live and I will serve for your glory and not mine as I live with you forever. Before I finish, I don't know if there's anybody here or sitting in your car listening on FM or out there in live stream land, but if you've never given your life to Jesus, I encourage you today. It is believe in the Lord, to allow his goodness and mercy to fill your life and make a difference for you, an eternal difference. He invites you to believe in him, that he, he died on the cross. We're coming up to this day called Good Friday. And also the day, three days later, it's called Easter, where he rose again from the dead. I just want to invite you to give your life to Christ We won't embarrass you. If you're here in a moment, I'll have you bow your heads and we'll raise hands. And if you're online, you can just simply leave a comment or you can email our office. We'd love to rejoice with you in a decision to say, today's my day to believe in Jesus. Today's my day to allow him to forgive my sins. So dear Lord, we acknowledge that we're sinners. We believe, Jesus, that you died for our sins when you died on the cross. And you rose again from the dead. Lord, we repent of our sins. All of us do, Lord. And by faith, we receive you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior. You promised to save us. You promised if we believed in you, that our eternity would be changed. And so, Lord, this day we receive you as our Lord, as our Savior, as our Good Shepherd. In Jesus' mighty name. Just bow your heads for a moment, please. We haven't really done the bow your head thing at this service outdoors, but I just want to give people a moment. If you're giving your life to Christ today, would you just raise your hand? I won't embarrass you, but I want to make sure that all of us have the privilege of goodness and mercy following us. And it's for those who follow after the good shepherd and allow that good shepherd to lead us. Lord, we receive you today. And we're grateful that you're our way maker. That even when we don't see you working, we know that you're working. And goodness and mercy are following us in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.